The Ravens want to surround Lamar Jackson with a track team. That's what Sammy Watkins is. He was the number four overall pick, by the way. Seven years later, how much stock do you put him to where a guy was drafted? Well, I think if the Ravens have gotten him back in 2014, there have been a lot of people who are excited about that. Yeah, I just think for the wide receiver group, they needed a veteran presence. After losing a Willie Sneed, they needed somebody in that room with these young guys that are still trying to develop. And I think Watkins can serve in that role, particularly being so familiar with the Greg Roman offense. Has the passing game improved? Yeah, I think it has. Watkins is an upgrade over Willie Sneed, had 33 catches for 432 yards. You've already improved the passing game by adding him and then adding Zeitler to that offensive line. That's You're making upgrades. You're making improvements, and I like that. Welcome into the lounge. It was a busy weekend for the Ravens in the front office. Also a busy weekend for my guy Clifton Brown, who had to cover all of the news happening over the weekend. I wasn't working, Cliff. You were. You stepped to the plate. Ryan wasn't working. I wasn't working. You were holding down the fort for everyone. So we got to give you a pat on the back for that one. And uh, and we're excited to have you on the podcast again this week. So uh, obviously I'm talking about the Ravens signing Sammy Watkins, which happened uh, over the weekend. News broke of that kind of late Friday afternoon, early evening. And uh, we're going to dive into that and, and give you our thoughts and our reaction uh, to that move. So Cliff, uh, what did you think when you saw that? Adam Schefter tweet, come across your desk, come across your phone uh, to break that news Friday. Well, yeah, I thought it was good for the Ravens to, to finally get a, a veteran wide out, something they obviously were looking for. I know Sammy's had a history of injuries, and, you know, last year his numbers certainly don't blow you away. But, you know, he's a guy who has really played well in big spots. Uh, he certainly has an older presence in the – Ravens uh, wide receiver group. I think that'll be something that helps the younger guys. And I definitely like the connection he has with Greg Roman and also Keith Williams. I think that this is a type of place where you can get the best of Sammy Watkins. And at his best, he's a guy who's been able to make plays in big games. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here uh, because it's been an interesting start to free agency for the Ravens. And it's been... uh, I don't know. I feel like every free agency has its ebbs and flows, and there's excitement, there's disappointment. You get a guy like Zeitler to kick things off, and you're all fired up, and then you have some of your key players like Judon uh, leave, and then there's disappointment over that, and then there's connection to free agents, and you never know totally how real some of that is, uh, but there's there's reported connection to free agents, and, and then you don't get those guys, and then you, you're, you're disappointed about that. And then, and then you get someone, and so now you're happy again. So there's just like this natural ebb and flow uh, with free agency, and I thought it was probably a little bit more pronounced, I guess, this year, particularly at wide receiver. And I think that there was debate going into this. I know Ryan and I have had this discussion on the podcast as to whether the Ravens would go and get a wide receiver, and I was certainly of the belief uh, that the Ravens were going to sign a veteran. I didn't know necessarily who it was going to be. I did say that Sammy Watkins was certainly a possibility, uh, which I'll remind him when he's back on the podcast uh, later this week that I did I did bring him up as a specific option. Um, but I, I felt like they would sign somebody. But then it, it felt a little, I don't know, it didn't feel as optimistic after things went down with Juju Smith-Schuster and T.Y. Hilton. 
And, you know, according to the reports there, the Ravens tried to sign both those guys, made a run at them. They ultimately decided to go back to their current teams. I think there's a little bit of debate. I think the narrative out there is that they took less money to stay with their current teams. Maybe that's true. Maybe there's a little bit of accounting uh, going into that, where if you're looking at a multi-year deal in Baltimore or a one-year deal with your current team in Indianapolis for T.Y. Hilton, you know, the average per year might be less in Baltimore, but you get more in one year in Indy. So anyway, there's there's a lot kind of to unpack there. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's it's been a little bit of a emotional two weeks of the wide receiver position. How do you unpack all of of that back and forth? Well, yeah, I don't think it's been anything that's happened has been shocking or, you know, from the Ravens perspective, I don't think it's been disappointing at all. I think it's been, you know, pretty much what you expect that, you know, we knew that offensive line and wide receiver and pass rusher were three areas they were probably going to look to address. You know, I think that getting Zeitler was excellent right off the bat, a guy who I think is going to help them for the next two or three years in a key spot. Um, The wide receiver thing is a little little more fluid because this is kind of a weird off season with the salary cap going down. A lot of these guys, yeah, you're talking about one year deal. So even if you get a guy that you supposedly really want badly, like a Juju or a T.Y. Hilton, you know, it's not a long, it's not going to be a long-term deal. It wouldn't have been a long-term deal. Watkins is a one-year deal. And I still think that long-term, the Ravens are probably going to draft another wide receiver even though they got Watkins. So I don't think there's any reason to be, I don't know, as disappointed as I saw some people seemingly were when they didn't get Hilton or Juju. It's like, well, the Ravens still have a contending team. They still are going to do something at wide receiver. And, yeah, whether they get, you know, the the A guy that they're looking for this year, to me it wasn't anything to panic over when – those two guys didn't come. And, I, and if Watkins can stay healthy, I don't have much doubt that he will help the Ravens. That's a big if because he's had a hard time staying healthy in his career. But if he plays for the Ravens, I think there's a good spot for him having guys like Marquise and Mark Andrews and a quarterback like Lamar in this offense. I think this could be a good spot for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think also like there's always this notion of if you don't get a certain guy that you're connected to, like even loosely connected to like the Kenny, Kenny Galladay stuff kind of comes out of nowhere that the Ravens have made a call. And then all of a sudden there really wasn't much more beyond making a call reportedly. And then he signs with the giants and there's like, Oh my gosh, they didn't, they didn't get him. And it's like, did, how much, how hard did they try? I don't know. Um, and then with, with Hilton, I, I, I'll say this. I, I would rather have Sammy Watkins to be honest. Um, Hilton is 31 years old. Sammy Watkins is 27 years old. Um, I, I like the upside of Watkins more th- than I do Hilton. And the other part of it, too, is and the one thing that the Ravens do is they set a price. They set a price on their own players. They set a price on other players. And when they get into free agency, they stick to that. And so they're not really looking to overpay. And Eric DaCosta has said, as he's been general manager, one thing he's learned is you got to be patient as you go through this process. And so I think that this was the situation of him not – he wasn't going to just jump at the first opportunity to overpay for a wide receiver. They were going to set their price on their respective receivers, wait and see how the market played out. It was a little bit slow developing there for wide receivers, and, and everyone kind of talked about that early in the first week. You didn't see receivers come off the board right away. 
and there was a little bit of market setting and, and you, kind of, you saw them start to flow off of there and all of a sudden then it's Juju and then it's TY. You know, Will Fuller went out there a little bit earlier. But anyway, there, there was a little, it was a slow developing market. So he kind of set his price and then ultimately gets a guy who fills the need. And what's the need? The need is a veteran proven receiver. And some, there's a few things that I like about Sammy Watkins. One, I think from a fit standpoint, he will be an ideal complement to what the Ravens have because he's got great speed. Yep. We've talked about this before. The Ravens want to surround Lamar Jackson with a track team, and that's what Sammy Watkins is. The guy was ran a 4-4-3-40 back when he was coming out of the combine. He was a number four overall pick, by the way. Now, I know, you know that was back in 2014, so seven years later, how much stock do you put him to where a guy was drafted? Well, I think if the Ravens have gotten him back in 2014, there have been a lot of people who are excited about that. And he's, you know, maybe he hasn't lived up to the number four overall pick billing, but the talent and the ability in my mind is there. And I think probably some of it, a big part of it is an availability question. And I I like the Ravens ability to work with him on the physical side, get in the weight room in terms of Steve Saunders program and what the Ravens do. They've got a good track record to keep keeping guys healthy, healthy. I I think that can all benefit him and benefit the Ravens. No question. And I, when you talk about how he compliments their offense, I think the Ravens knew, do need a guy, you know, it's third and six, a chain mover. And Watkins, even though he has some speed, he's done most of his damage as an intermediate guy in the last two or three years. And I think that he'll make some, you know, chain moving catches. He'll make some catches in traffic. He's a nice target for Lamar. I just think in their passing offense the last couple of years, there's been a lot of pressure on both Marquise and Mark Andrews. Uh, particularly last year after Nick Boyle got injured and, you know, Hayden Hurst was no longer around. I just think that in obvious passing situations, if one of those two guys couldn't help you out, you know, it it got tough for the Ravens at times. So this is another guy who's going to be a a, a third option in their passing offense. And I think that, yes, with Marquise having so much speed and Mark being a guy who, if you don't uh, put a lot of attention on him, he is going to hurt you that Sammy's going to get a lot of one-on-one coverage. And I think he has enough experience uh, and enough juice still left in the tank that he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays. So, yeah, if he stays healthy, like I said before, I think he will produce more than, you know, some guys, you know, Des Bryant, you know, we tried him last year. I'm much more to me personally excited about having a guy like Sammy Watkins having an opportunity in that spot. Yeah. So let's go through a couple of things on the stats here. Uh, here here's his past three years uh, with Kansas City, uh, starting in 2020. 37 catches, 421 yards. 2019, 52 catches, 673 yards, 673 yards. 2018, 40 catches, 519 yards. Uh, and he's got eight total touchdowns over that span. His best season came back in 2015. He had 1,047 yards, nine touchdowns when he was with Buffalo in 2015. Who was his offensive coordinator then, Cliff? Uh, Greg Roman, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was Greg Roman. I think I like that. I, I like that. And so Greg Roman knows him well. The other person who knows him well is the Ravens' new pass game specialist, Keith Williams. And we've talked about Keith a little bit before, but one of the things that he's done in addition to being a college position coach is that he's worked with a bunch of guys around the league on a one-on-one basis. T, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, um, DeAndre Adams. Uh, so some of the best players in the league. And he's been working with Sammy Watkins for years. And I'm sure 
that as the Ravens were going through this process, you know, they they get a good feel, scouting report, conversation when they're talking with Greg, when they're talking with Keith Williams, Keith Williams about how this guy is, what kind of attitude he has, the work ethic that he brings. And I just like that familiarity that the Ravens already have with someone coming in to a new team. Something else that I like is how he's produced in big games. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to this when I'm talking about stats. 2019 AFC Championship season. 29 AFC Championship game. 10 catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown to get to the Super Bowl. Then in the Super Bowl, and the, and the Chiefs win over for the 49ers, five catches, 98 yards. I mean, the guy's putting up big production in the biggest games. I like players to do that. Me too. I love it. In all sports. And you're not talking ancient history there. That's like right. 2019. <laughs> right. So, yes. And not all players can do that. You know, play their best in the biggest moments. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, okay, Watkins, you don't look at him as being a 1,000-yard receiver here like he was in Buffalo. But that doesn't matter, particularly in the Ravens offense where he's not going to get, you know, as many opportunities as he would somewhere else. But the Ravens have been a playoff team the last three years. Uh, there's They feel that they're a Super Bowl contender, and rightfully so. Regardless of what Watkins' numbers are during the regular season, if the Ravens can get back to the postseason, having a guy like that who's been there, done that, I think – is really one of his biggest upsides. And then, of course, you've already mentioned, you know, talked about Roman and Williams. That's an attraction for him to come here. And I think those are two guys who can get the most out of him. Uh, it's a good it's a good marriage for him to be back with Roman and Williams. So, yeah, I really do like Watkins' fit here better than I would like him going some other places where, you know, he wasn't going to a contender. Uh, and he wasn't going to a team that, you know, might utilize him in the best way. I think that this is the right fit for him, and I think it's the right fit for the Ravens often. So, also, when you just look about it, you step back and you think about it big picture-wise. Is he an upgrade to the offense? And, that, and that's what the Ravens have talked about all offseason. They want to they improve the passing game. So, you know, obviously whenever there's talk of that, everyone's attention goes to, the, the biggest name receivers who were going to hit, who people expect to hit the market, who ended up not actually hitting the market. So there was talk back in you know February, January about Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson. Are you going to go get him? Well, you know, the, the, the Bears end up signing him or, or franchising him. So that option becomes no longer an option. Um, Chris Godwin, you're going to go get him. Same thing. He ends up staying in Tampa Bay. So then as you worked your way through, and then we just talked a little bit earlier about all the different receivers and where they went. But when you look at it from just compared to last season, it has the passing game improved. Yeah, I think it has. Watkins is an upgrade over, you know, last year, Willie Sneed had, had him. He had 33 catches for 432 yards. I think Devin Duvernay can step in nicely to that slot role. Miles Boykin last year had 24 catches, 266 yards. So couldn't the Ravens put Watkins opposite of Hollywood Brown as a chain moving guy? And, and could he come up with, 45 catches for 650 yards, 550 yards. I think he could. I absolutely think he could be in that territory. I don't think he's going to put up 1,000, 1,400 yards, okay. But yeah. it, in what the Ravens need, he provides an upgrade to this offense. So I, I think that that's a, a – like I just think that too often we get a little bit caught up in like, oh, what could have been, or this was the best receiver on the market, or would have loved Kenny Galladay, or, or whatever. 
I just think that this guy gives you something that you need, and he's he's an addition, and you want to improve. You've already improved the passing game by adding him and then adding Zeitler to that offensive line. That's You're making upgrades. You're making improvements, and I like that. You have, and again, I think they could bring in another wide receiver yes, through the yes. draft. And I also think that whether they do that or not, this raises the competition in the wide receiver room and lessens the importance that DuVernay and Boykin and Prochet all have to make a major jump this year. The Ravens would love to see all those guys get better, uh, a lot better. But, you know, now having a guy like Watkins, if you can just get one of those two or three other young guys to also make a major leap as well, great. If they don't, then you still have Watkins. So, yeah, I just think for the wide receiver group, they needed a guy. And I think the Ravens' actions or reported actions let you know that they also felt like they needed a veteran presence after losing a Willie Sneed. They needed somebody in that room with these young guys that are still trying to develop who could kind of lead the way. And I think Watkins can can serve in that role, particularly being so familiar with the Greg Roman offense. Yeah, and, I, and the last thing I'll say about this, and then we can – talk about some of the other moves of free agency and what more could happen over the course of the next few weeks leading into the draft is the fact that he signs a one-year deal. I like it for two reasons. One, it's indicative that the Ravens could certainly still add somebody in the draft like you just talked about. So they're not going to get Watkins and say, all right, we're set. Okay, well, they know that he's on a one-year deal. And so does this, I don't think this rules out a first-round pick at wide receiver. Yeah. Could totally see that still happening. Yeah. Could absolutely see that happening in the first you know, first three rounds would not surprise me if the Ravens took another wide receiver early in this draft. So that's exciting. That's on the table. Then a one-year deal I like for a player because he's motivated. Like he is, he's a motivated player. He's still only 27 years old. I know this is going to be his third team, but he's going to be motivated to go out there and play well and get another contract, whether that's here or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And, And I like that. I like a player who's playing for a contract and, you know, I think that that can benefit him. I can, it can benefit the Ravens. The Ravens did that a few years ago with John Brown. And John Brown came in and played well, ended up getting a nice deal in Buffalo and continued his career. So those two reasons, I think I really, I'm fond of that one-year deal. And I think that's going to be a good thing for Watkins and a good thing for this offense. So uh, we're going to take our Crown Royal water break. you got to remember, Cliff, uh, to stay hydrated, stay royal, drink Crown Royal Canadian whiskey. I hope you weren't having any Crown Royal Canadian whiskey when the news broke on Friday. You had to put that cup down and take a big water break before writing this story. Once that came in <laughs> Friday night, trying to have happy hour, got to put down the Crown Royal. Um, but uh, so what do you think for the rest of free agency? Still could make a move at pass rusher. Um, what do you see? How do you see this playing out? Are the Ravens going to do anything? Do they wait until the draft? Yeah, I think pass rusher is the most obvious spot where they might do something, but it doesn't have to come – before the draft, I think there's going to be pass rushers available. You know, after the draft, a lot of these veteran guys, you know, aren't going to sign before the draft happens. Obviously, once the draft is over, the Ravens will have an even better idea of where they want to upgrade the roster. So, yeah, they just have a, they have more options now based on what they've done so far in free agency. Addressing the offensive line, they could go that way, but it lessens the pressure of them having to take a lineman you know, on, on one of the first two days. The wide receiver group is one of the deepest in the draft. I would be surprised if they don't take one. doesn't have to be day one, but 
certainly day two it could happen or even day three. And then, yeah, pass rushers, I, I, I think that's the one area now that they are most targeting to say, okay, we will do something here at some point. So if it's not the draft, which it certainly could be, then they could either make a deal or sign someone later. But, yeah, I think that you can pretty much bank that there's a pass rusher out there who's not on the roster right now who's going to be a guy who's playing for them on Sunday. I mm-hmm. think that, that that is an addition that has yet to be made. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the other big move that's still hanging out there is the Orlando Brown Jr. potential trade. And it's hard to see exactly how that's going to go. I would think that if it's going to happen, it happens before the draft, unless there's a player on another team that the Ravens really want. That would be that would seem a little bit unlikely to me because if a guy's trading for Orlando, they probably feel like they've got a shot to make a run. And do they give up another really good player in order to get Orlando? That probably is surprising, but unless they just say we'll get him, it'll be our left tackle for the next, you know, for the future. Um, how do you see that? I've felt like the Ravens will ultimately end up trading him at some point. And I would say it probably happens before the draft. What does your gut tell you? Interesting. I, I feel that he's here next year. Interesting. Uh, definitely not a lock, obviously, but yes, I feel that he's going to play next season, Orlando and Baltimore. I do feel if the deal happens, yes, it will happen before the draft. I think as it gets closer to the draft, say four or five days before the draft, I think at that point, even though you never know what you might hear, that if the Ravens were going to hear something that made them say, okay, we're going to trade Orlando Brown, they would have heard it by then. So if it doesn't happen, you know, closer to the draft, I don't think it's going to be a draft night deal. So I think that, and I think he's going to end up playing here. I just think that, you know, one more season with him on your offensive line, you know, you've added Zeitler, you know, you've got Ronnie Stanley coming back. Um, you know, they could add someone to the to the line through the draft. Obviously, Bozeman's going to start somewhere on the offensive line. He's, to me, is turning into a really good player. They could really have a strong offensive line next year. You already know we're going to run the ball a lot. And, yeah, what's wrong with having Orlando Brown for another season <laughs> as you're trying to make a Super Bowl run? Uh, I'm not saying, you know, that he's going to change his mind and then say, okay, I want to stay long term. And, I, again, I wouldn't be shocked if he's dealt, but I think he's here next year. And if he is traded, I think the Ravens are going to get quite a bit in return. I think it's going to be like, well, wow, even though we've lost Orlando, now we've got a chance to really do some things because he's a heck of a player. And, uh, yeah, he's he's the type of guy that if you want him, you're going to give me something pretty special in return. Absolutely. I I completely agree with that. And – you know, if it's just a question of desire in terms of do you want Orlando, to me that's an easy yes. Right. That's an obvious yes. Right. His ability to play both sides and be really good is just is rare. So I would love to have him, um, but if you know, but he obviously seems to want to have a chance to play left tackle, and I think the other part of that too that could f- factor into the calculation is Ronnie Stanley's recovery because he may have a chance to maybe for a portion of the season play left tackle here if Ronnie were to not be 100% at the start of the season. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Ravens expect that to be the case, but I'm sure that's going to factor in uh, to that decision-making process. So there's still a lot that, that's, go, that's, that's going on behind the scenes without question. That's just how the nature of the offseason. It is certainly fluid 
you know, that's kind of a word that everyone likes to throw out. It's, it's certainly very fluid. Um, and, you know, now once we're getting into April, the calendar is going to turn here in a couple of days. And we're going to be diving deep into all the draft talk, all the different prospects, all these different guys who can land in Baltimore. And, and that's fun. That's fun to discuss. Uh, and I think that, the, you know, one thing that we've seen from Eric DaCosta since he's taken over as general manager is that he is aggressive. He's been a, he was aggressive throughout this process, adding Zeitler early on, getting Sammy Watkins, reportedly being in the mix on just about every other free agent receiver, reportedly being in the mix for some of the pass rushers. So the Ravens have been linked to people. He's proven the ability and the, and the desire and the willingness to make trades. He's done that. So could that happen between now and the draft, whether it's with Orlando or somebody else? Wouldn't rule that out. So I think that he's going to turn over every stone to make this team better. And I think that that's kind of an exciting. It makes things exciting in the offseason. So uh, we're hoping to get a chance to talk with Sammy this week. Um, hopefully he uh, heads to Baltimore and you know, gets the contract signed, gets that physical done, makes, puts, the, you know, puts the ink on paper and everything's do- done deal. And uh, at that point, we'll hopefully get a chance to talk with him and bring you that conversation later this week. So um, that's it for us. Cliff, thanks again for filling in. Always good to have you on. And uh, we will be back with you again, hopefully later this week. 